0: Sometimes we end up with handcuffs on us around liquor policy and different regulations.
1: Loosening up the liquor laws, what Vancouver is considering, and how it might help industries still recovering from the pandemic.
2: It's the cost, it's the availability of land, and it's the bureaucratic hurdles.
1: The local startup considering a move overseas as manufacturers struggle to make it work in Metro Vancouver.
2: They are
3: significantly impacted right now. These, these populations might die.
1: Climate change putting some sea snails at risk in B.C. waters. How the tiny creature's disappearance could have a big impact on the ecosystem.
4: You're watching Global
1: B.C. This is Global Hour at 6. Good evening. Thank you for joining us. Vancouver City Council is being asked to look at a major change to the places you can buy a drink. Current regulations restrict where bars and restaurants can open their doors. And as Cassidy Moscone reports, if it's approved, it will be the most radical change to liquor laws in a generation. All there.
5: It took Michelle um, De Pratt two years five, to five, get five, an extension on his iconic Davy Street establishment.
6: Well, there's definitely a lot of red tape and a lot of hoops and there's a lot of cost to it as well too.
5: Council approval's not an easy thing to come by in Vancouver.
7: Customers vote with their dollars, I mean... You build a business and you hope that you're hitting a target audience or that people want to come to your place. It should be the customers that decide whether or not you exist, not the city.
5: Soon, it could be easier than ever to operate a licensed venue in the city.
6: What we've seen is that our, our liquor policies have been extremely restrictive as compared to other jurisdictions, even in the Lower Mainland. So this is a great opportunity for us to... To really improve and streamline those regulations.
5: Among the changes, lifting a moratorium on new liquor licences in the Granville Entertainment District, increasing capacity limits at venues and scrapping our so-called distancing rules.
0: There was a rule in Vancouver that you couldn't put two venues of say 50 seat cocktail bars side by side. They had to have a certain distance between them, which is anti-economic in a way. There's an idea of clustering where you want people to go down to an area and try multiple establishments. So, what that means is customers will have more options. You may see uh, the addition of a of a small bar or a small uh, wine bar, for example, which we really don 't have um, uh, different kind of non traditional uses such as in uh, uh, spas or uh, New barber shops or bookshops where you can actually serve alcohol. It's going to get some of those handcuffs off so we can actually help recover from the pandemic.
5: Not everyone's on board. Vancouver's medical health officer raising concerns in the report of increased alcohol consumption leading to increased harm in the city. The changes are expected to pass through council this coming week, and you could start to see new bars and establishments popping up in the spring. Cassidy Moscone, Global News.
1: A petition to save the Vancouver Park Board has now reached nearly a 1,000 signatures. People from multiple political affiliations are voicing support for keeping the park board, including current and former city councillors and park board members. It comes after Mayor Ken Sims' announcement that he would seek to eliminate the elected park board. Those vowing to save the board are planning a rally at Monday night's park board meeting and again at Wednesday's city council meeting. BC Place will be getting a major facelift just in time for the 2026 World Cup. The provincial crown corporation that operates the stadium is looking to hire a contractor to manage millions in planned improvements. They include new suites, new food courts, dressing room upgrades and a new premium entrance for fans. Pavco says the goal is to create a premium experience for fans while being fiscally responsible to BC taxpayers. Some improvements could start as early as next year. A Vancouver entrepreneur says business conditions on the Lower Mainland have her looking for opportunities overseas. Grace Key has the story.
2: That's nine times as strong per thickness as mammal leather. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly strong.
8: Tasha Nathanson is with Seven Leagues Leather. It's an innovation company that uses fish skin and forestry waste to make clean, bio-based fish leather. It doesn't get more BC than that. But she's looking at possibly moving and compares how another startup looked into Alberta.
2: In Alberta, they could actually buy a facility for less than they would pay in rent in Vancouver and that the permitting process in Alberta would take two to four months and the permitting process for what they're doing would take about 18 months in British Columbia. In Portugal, we have a huge
9: potential because we have reference research centers in this area of the
8: blue biotechnology. Tasha just returned from a trip in Portugal. She said she made more headway in the three weeks she was there compared to her years trying in Vancouver. There is interest in Portugal and incentives.
2: To start the business, we're going to have to go where the space is available and where the support is available and where the... Uh, The policies are supportive of developing this kind of business.
8: In September, the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade released a report addressing the critical shortage of industrial
10: land with vacancy rates around 1%. People are having difficulties finding a place to live and employers are having a difficult time trying to find a place to have their operations or grow their operations. So we are being left in a situation where there's an affordability crisis for housing and affordability crisis for businesses. And if you don't have either of those, you don't have an economy and you don't have a community.
8: Seven Leagues Leather is using space at UBC during their research and development stage, but will have to find new space once they are in production.
2: I don't feel that there is a supportive ecosystem for this kind of innovation and for manufacturing in in general. And so it's sad to me to feel that I would be pushed out and looking at whether it's moving to Portugal, moving to Scotland, or even over the border.
8: Tasha says it would break her heart to move her company out of B.C., but she feels she may have no other choice. Grace Key, Global News.
1: Hudson's Bay workers in Kamloops have gone on strike and are urging the public to avoid shopping at the store until the labor dispute is resolved. Members of the United Steelworkers walked off the job this morning. The union says the two sides have been negotiating since July but have not been able to reach an agreement. The union says the company is offering a 1% raise for the duration of the next contract. The store has been unionized since 1993, the last time they took similar strike action. RCMP and Williams Lake are investigating an infant's death. Police say a 32-year-old arrived at hospital on Friday with the infant who was already dead. A second child with non-life-threatening injuries was found and taken to hospital for medical assessment. RCMP say the man and a 33-year-old woman were both arrested but have since been released. The incident appears to be isolated. Police and the Ministry of Children and Family Development are investigating. The city of Victoria is looking at ways to house the belongings of people who don't have homes. The city is calling for a secure storage space where homeless people can keep their goods during the day as they get on with their lives. It's not clear how much the pilot project would cost. Victoria throws out 5 to 10 tons of material from parks and sidewalks every year. The idea is to allow people to drop their possessions off in the morning, keep them safe and dry somewhere in the city centre... And pick their stuff up at night.
0: The problem for them is that they have nowhere to keep them during the day. Uh, if they're going off to get food or other necessities or if they're going to apply for a job or hold down a job, um, they're kind of tied to their goods. Um, if they do leave them, they run the risk that they're going to get um, wet or disposed of. Um, so, And of course, uh, there's an impact on people who want to use our parks and and sidewalks if uh, if there's a lot of stuff left behind by a homeless person.
1: There are as many as 1,600 unhoused people in the capital. Avian flu has been detected again in the Fraser Valley, this time in Abbotsford. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency says it's been found at a commercial poultry farm. The viral infection has now been detected at more than 50 commercial or backyard bird operations in the province since October. The agency reports more than 5.5 million birds have been culled in B.C. since the outbreak began. Police are investigating a pedestrian's death in New Westminster this afternoon. A black tent shelters the pedestrian's body from the elements. Neighbors say an elderly woman was hit on Princess Street near 8th Street just before 2 o'clock. The Lower Mainland's collision investigation team was deployed. There's no word yet on the cause of the crash, though it was raining heavily at the time. We've reached out to New Westminster Police but have not received a response. The snow may be done for now, but a pair of crashes on the north shore has emergency responders warning drivers to slow down. Early this afternoon, a pickup flipped as the driver lost control on the ramp from Capilano Road to Highway 1. The driver was pulled to safety through the windshield. A few minutes later, and about 30 metres away, North Van District firefighters responded to another crash. This time, a vehicle rear-ended another. The roads were extremely wet at the time. Still to come, a united call for peace. Muslims, Jews, and Christians come together in a bid to ease tensions locally as the Israel-Hamas war continues. And in Prince George, it's more than just a Christmas tree. The display created by indigenous elders, keeping culture and values alive. Israel has ordered people in the center of Khan Yunus to leave for their own safety. Gaza's second-largest city is the scene of fighting between Israeli forces and Palestinian militants, although many parts of the city have already been subjected to Israeli airstrikes for the past two months. With this evacuation order, the number of safer areas inside Gaza is reducing by the day. The World Health Organization has described the situation as catastrophic as it unanimously adopts a resolution calling for immediate medical access to Gaza. Redmond Shannon reports.
0: Another father mourns the death of a son at Nasser Hospital in Khan Yunis. Its floors are now beds, a regular flow of the injured carried inside. At the start of Israel's ground operation, Khan Yunis in southern Gaza was a place of relative safety, but the airstrikes have ramped up. And now Israel says people must leave the centre of the city as Israeli troops fight their way in, street by street. The options for fleeing Gazans are lessening. One area of Gaza that Israel says will remain safe is here, al Muwasi by the coast. It measures just over eight square kilometres. This is how it compares to downtown Toronto and downtown Vancouver. The barren coastal area has no electricity, sanitation or running water. It's not known how many of Gaza's 2.3 million residents could be forced to flee here.
8: As more and more people move to a smaller and smaller area, overcrowding combined with the lack of adequate food, water, shelter and sanitation are creating the ideal conditions for disease to spread.
0: On Sunday, the World Health Organization adopted a resolution calling for immediate medical access to Gaza and an end to attacks on hospitals. Israel says Hamas uses hospitals as bases for its operations.
8: The impact of the conflict on health is catastrophic.
0: The resolution also demands that Israeli hostages and detained Palestinians get access to medical care too. Access to food and clean water is another ever-growing problem for Gazans. This man says he has been lining up for hours every day for two weeks before finally getting a bag of flour on Sunday. For the more than two million others like him, there is little end in sight. Redmond Chanon, Global News, London.
1: As war rages between Israel and Hamas, the push for peace is growing on the lower mainland. Leaders of three major religions came together this afternoon to share a powerful message. Angela Jung has the story.
11: Worshippers of different faiths united
1: the main purpose of this event is to organize and bring faith leaders from different communities to call for a ceasefire what is happening in the middle east
11: sunday afternoon dozens filled this delta mosque to hear from the perspectives of this imam, rabbi and former bishop
7: in our communities we could take a step forward and unite our voices together and he'll help each other out with with the With the chaos that's around.
11: Since October 7th, tensions have been boiling over. This heated exchange captured on camera between pro Palestinian demonstrators and Israel supporters. Religious leaders reporting rising anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. We're seeing a lot of violence. We're seeing a lot of harassment. We're seeing a lot of bullying. And I think it's really important for religious and spiritual leaders to stand up and say we're much more successful if we are a unified society.
12: Regardless of it's either anti-Semitism or Islamophobia, we stand united against
11: all forms of hate. As the Jewish community marks Hanukkah, Rabbi Laura says it's more important than ever to shine light over darkness. A commitment to our tradition and to fulfill the Hanukkah commandment of putting our candles in the window and letting a light of hope shine out into the world. Whether they followed the teachings of the Quran, (laughs) Torah, or Bible, people here are preaching unity and praying for peace. Angela Jung, Global News.
1: Still ahead, a growing number of pets in need. The B.C. charity being overwhelmed with calls for help caring for family pets and how you can get involved. And the retired veteran being awarded for a life dedicated to improving the well-being of the people around him. An indigenous themed Christmas tree is now on display in Prince George. Elders handmade all the decorations to represent a piece of indigenous history and culture. The decorations combined with the tree represent a fusion of indigenous culture with Western tradition. We get the story from CKPG News.
4: The first indigenous themed Christmas tree is a beautiful sight. With handmade decorations from Indigenous elders, each representing a piece of Indigenous history, the tree is a symbol of Indigenous cultures and Western tradition coming
6: together.
7: It's so critically important that we don't lose those ways. You know, the elders that were involved in um, this particular project, they're grandmothers, their great-grandmothers. And so they're passing on their way of knowing to
10: generations to come. We're bringing that back up to rise. And I think it's very good idea that uh, me and Barb sat down and we thought, you know what, let's let's go with it and honour our elders and honour our communities of all our
7: First Nation from all over, all walks of life. It's about the coming together. It's about having a meal mm-hmm. together. It's that gathering. Yeah. It's sharing our stories. You know, at our Christmas table, I'm yeah. sharing stories about our culture and my mother with my grandchildren.
4: This indigenous Christmas tree, the first of its kind here in Prince George, is beautiful not just for its wonderful decorations that are handmade, but everything it represents. Celebrating indigenous culture in a new and unique way and preserving it for future generations to come. And what better day to celebrate and share this culture than Christmas, a day that's all about love, family, and togetherness. Tommy Osborne, CKPG News.
1: Pause for Hope is committed to helping some of the province's most vulnerable pets, but they say there's been a massive increase in need. Pause for Hope is receiving on average 200 calls a month for veterinary care services and has seen a 600% increase in the need for their temporary foster care program. The group says as families suffer from tough financial times mixed with the housing crisis, pets are also suffering and without more resources, they are unable to keep up with requests for service
10: there's nowhere to go you know there really are so limited resources for pets and in in many cases we're we're the only the only organization um, that's doing uh, both programs and so it's it's um, really tough for us right now because we are turning people away every single day Um, we're helping people every single day as well but we are turning away um, families every day that need help
1: The group adds while they're designed for low-income earners, they are seeing an increase of people who don't quite qualify for the income cutoff. After supporting veterans and active military members for more than two decades, Merritt's Scott Casey has been recognized by the Governor-General. His volunteerism has a special focus on advocating for mental health improvements. We get the story from CFJC News. it It was
6: personal volunteerism. Yeah, there was no organization.
3: Scott Casey's uh, service to his country and community goes beyond his military involvement. The now retired veteran has spent 20 plus years volunteering in several capacities, including his work founding the Rolling Barrage PTSD Foundation.
6: We've also donated out close to $50,000 already this year to other organizations that are helping veterans and first responders. So that in itself for me is is really rewarding to see that it's come this long because I didn't know how long it was going to last.
3: Over the years, Casey has also been involved with the Royal Canadian Legion, Military Mines, Veterans of Steel, United Steelworkers Community Support, forming the Highland Valley Mental Health Committee, and he's also a Canadian ambassador of the Sons of Royalty, a UK-based charity which
6: raises money for kids who have been abused. Whenever they come to Canada... I'll help facilitate them setting up here and, and organizing with their routes and hotels and getting them all squared away. Yeah. And then I participate as well.
3: And during the Merritt flooding in 2021, Casey volunteered with Team Rubicon Disaster Response.
6: I actually went up and did a, a, a flight reconnaissance to prepare them for their entrance into the city.
3: For Casey, the medal from the Governor General's office is an appreciated gesture, but recognition isn't why he steps up.
6: I love seeing the good the good stories come out of it. You know, we've had so many people that I've helped out over the years and through the organizations as well where they they found resilience and they they're carrying on back on duty or back to their, you know, their regular life. For
3: others who are interested in finding ways to give their time, Casey says it's not complicated.
6: I would say Go out and volunteer. Doesn't matter what it is.
3: Delana Nishaw, CFJC News.
1: Still ahead, sea snails at risk. The new report saying the Salish Sea is heating up too fast for the slow-moving creatures and what it means for other marine life. Want to help us spread some holiday cheer?
10: Jason, me, and the entire Global News morning team will be live at the Pan Pacific Christmas Wish Breakfast on December 13th.
1: Come donate a new unwrapped toy and help brighten the holidays for a family in need.
10: Police and firefighters will be on hand to add your gift to a mountain of toys,
1: and you'll get to enjoy a free breakfast.
10: For more details, you can go to globalnews.ca/BC.
1: This broadcast is presented by Fortis BC Energy for a Better BC. Severe storms have left at least six people dead in Tennessee. Multiple tornadoes roared across several communities Saturday afternoon. Homes and businesses were reduced to rubble. One of the twisters touching down in the Nashville area, killing three people, including a young child. And more than 50 people are being treated in hospital, and officials are still assessing the damage. Residents complained tornado sirens did not sound until after the storm passed. It could take weeks to restore power to thousands of homes. New research out of UBC suggests snails in the Salish Sea may pay the price of climate change. Researchers studied a type of snail found along the coast from California to Alaska, but the Strait of Georgia is where the species encounters the warmest water. That makes it highly vulnerable if the sea warms any more. The snails are voracious predators feeding along beaches and shorelines, including in the Vancouver area. And if they disappear from the south coast, that may affect the local ecosystem.
3: So we might see them disappear, which means that the species they eat could grow. due to the lack of predation pressure and then the species that eat it are going to have to find other things to eat so complicated species interactions there more broadly within the state of georgia what we're seeing is native species like this snail being quite vulnerable Um, a couple years ago when we had the 2021 heat dome nucella lamellosa had very high mortality rates
1: on the flip side Beatty says some species such as oysters may flourish in a warmer environment A lot of rain today across the south coast, but it is coming to an end. To tell us when, here's Steph Florian with the forecast.
10: A pretty average day today considering our day yesterday and all the snow that fell around parts of the lower mainland. Temperatures pretty much seasonal today. Tomorrow sunrise will be just shy of 8 o'clock in the morning and we broke a record low in 1972 at minus 11. So we're back to seasonal temperatures, back to the rain today. Tomorrow's a different story. We have some sunshine to look forward to. It'll continue to drizzle through the overnight. We are expecting a cloudy start early morning with some fog. And then that sunshine will make its appearance. And we're looking at a high of 8 degrees as we start our week. So a nice few days to look forward to after a very active weekend. Still a few centimeters of snowfall to come for our mountain passes. But into tomorrow, we are clear. We've got a ridge of high pressure building, keeping the province nice and dry. So there's the remnants of the system uh, through the overnight tonight. And then this next system hits the north coast, slides its way down on Tuesday. And we'll see that rain moving in on us with some snow in our local mountains for our Wednesday. So a nice few days coming our way, which are well-deserved after all that snow. It's just some cloud cover for the most part, minus 5 for Smithers, minus 14 for Fort Nelson. It will be fog through the morning hours in those valleys, especially southern interior. We'll see some uh, dense morning fog, very patchy as well. Minus 1 for Kamloops, minus 4 for Williams Lake. Mostly a mix of sun and cloud, a little bit more overcast there in golden, mostly cloudy skies. Whistler, 2 degrees, seeing some break of sunshine in there which we will take temperatures varying all the way from four degrees to nine degrees for vancouver island so a little bit of variety in temperatures and we will likely get up to nine degrees as that sunshine makes its way out tomorrow metro vancouver sunshine on the way wednesday it's a rainy one we get another dry day on thursday and then likely some showers moving in on friday Back to thanks
1: Jeff. Preparations for a busy holiday season got underway at Surrey's Pacific Academy. 2,600 gifts for children and 500 food hampers were packed this afternoon by 200 volunteers from Surrey's City Dream Centre. That's a bit fewer than last year when the centre wrapped 3,000 gifts. Along with the fully equipped mobile dental unit, the Dream Centre has been wrapping gifts for over seven years, which goes straight from the assembly line to Surrey's inner city schools.
2: Many of these kids, this is the only gift they'll get for Christmas. So we're going to go take them into the schools where we know that a lot of kids just don't have a lot. So we're able to bring a little bit of Christmas cheer into their lives.
8: Lots of people don't have um, gifts or don't
4: have, um, you know, money to buy gifts at this time of the year. So I
1: think this is really important just to be a blessing to the community, to people who may not be as uh, privileged. For more information on how you can donate, you're asked to check CityDreamCenter.com. Yeah, it's uh, great to see all those donations. Not as many as last year, but still so many. Really nice Mm. to see. Barry's here now. Good to give. Feels good to give course and it's that that time of the year for sure and you're going to give us a little preview I of am, sports.
4: yes well Seahawks played today because it's Sunday and they haven't played for a Sunday for a while but played the last couple of Thursdays. Anyway they were in San Francisco to take on the Niners. Seahawks schedule has been murder lately. They've played literally all the top teams in the league and they did it again today but they had to do it without Geno Smith who was injured so Drew Locke got his first start as a Seahawk. Uh, we'll have highlights of that one coming up against the 49ers and we'll have a Wonderful feature on a basketball player named Nash. It's not the Nash maybe you think of. It's not on Steve Nash. It's on uh, Nash Semenuk, who's out of Kelowna, and uh, he certainly is uh, making the Nash name proud in basketball. So that's all coming up a bit later on.
1: Really looking forward to that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Me too. uh, Pretty talented hooper there (laughs) up in Kelowna. All right, thanks, Barry. All right. And still to come, your chance to own a piece of B.C. transit history. We'll show you the garage sale aimed at keeping a mobile museum rolling. The CKNW
4: Kids Fund Pink Shirt Day campaign recognizes the importance of diversity.
0: So let's lift each other up on Pink Shirt Day, Wednesday, February 28th.
4: Presented by Fortis BC Energy for a Better BC.
1: A special garage sale in Langley today as the Transit Museum Society tries to fund a new mobile museum bus. The society has preserved all sorts of cool pieces of B.C. transit history, ranging from 1937 to 1996. They've collected a bit of everything, whether it's old transfer tickets, route maps, or vintage artwork. Proceeds from today's sale will go towards a replacement bus with the old one on its last wheels.
8: As you can see
7: over to our left here, our old 1957 GM is pretty much worn out. The transmission's had it, and I cannot find parts for it. So we're trying to, to build a new bus out of a 1982 GM bus.
1: The garage sale was a one-day event wrapping up this afternoon. Among the items up for grabs were destination signs and coin holders. According to this year's Spotify Wrapped, Burnaby is on the list of places to be if you're a dedicated K-pop fan. And as community reporter Safia Pirani tells us, there's a hidden gem in Crystal Mall where you'll find
11: everything you need. Hello and welcome to our little place of K-pop heaven. Come on in. Located in the heart of Burnaby's Crystal Mall, KR Multimedia has been a K-pop hotspot for more than 15 years. We've got accessories, fan-made official, stuff in our cabinets. We've got shirts. They're fan-made. We got fan-made photo cards and official stuff that's there. Eco bags, some backpacks. When the store first opened, it used to sell Korean TV dramas, but switched gears once the music genre's popularity started rising worldwide. The music, it's really catchy, it's very clean and stuff like that, so you don't have to worry about what age is listening to it. And staff are dedicated in giving fans, or stands in K-pop terms, an authentic shopping experience. That includes the latest light sticks for concerts. You turn it on, and it lights up and blinks. So there's different modes for the lights. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so, it's so like, fun. These are the newest Stray Kids albums. But it goes beyond the merchandise. Stores like these help foster a sense of belonging.
12: The community is also really awesome once you get into it. Like, there's so many people out here that host, like, little events, and you can meet up with lots of friends and stuff like that. Like, since getting into them i've made so many friends it's really
11: fun most k-pop fans are really nice you know you can get along with anybody and stuff and most of them are willing to chat and see how things are going and who you like and talk about your group and talk about their group Sofia Pirani, global news
1: after the break barry's here with sports a roundup of today's nfl action and the story of a high school hooper in Kelowna who's quite literally living up to his name
7: holiday spirit with the Salvation Army's Christmas Kettle Campaign. The campaign is one of Canada's largest and most recognizable annual charitable events. There are more than 2,000 kettle locations across Canada that support a wide range of Salvation Army programs. Step into the world of movie magic at Martini Town, Langley's very own exterior film backlot. The Martini Town Merry and Bright Festival will feature decorated film sets, photos with Santa, food and more. For RBC, I'm Yvonne Schell
4: in partnership with bc cancer foundation with you life beyond cancer is within reach give at bccancerfoundation.com barry's back now with mm-hmm. sports where do you want to start well seahawks they've been on a on a bit of a downward trend have lost three in a row but uh you know not that their schedule's done them any favors because they toughest schedule in the nfl over that stretch for sure thanks travis the uh seahawks have had a Brutally tough schedule the past couple of weeks, suffering losses to contenders like the Cowboys and San Francisco, and it won't get any easier. Their next two games with the 49ers and Eagles on the slate, and to make it even more challenging like they needed it, no Geno Smith today in San Francisco. The number one quarterback out with a groin injury. So backup Drew Locke got the start. Locke has thrown 12 passes all year long. Completed four of them. But called upon to deliver in a huge game for the Hawks. Did not get off to a good start. San Francisco's very first play of the game. Handed off to the great Christian McCaffrey. And this is trouble. Galloping in wide open spaces. Could go all the way. But tackled at the three. It's a 72-yard gain. The Niners punched it in for the touchdown on the next play so seven nothing very quickly all right drew lock your turn and give him credit literally has not played this season and on his opening drive connects with dk Metcalf, 31 yard touchdown locks first td pass since 2021 when he was a denver bronco and we're tied 7-7. Seahawks actually took the lead 10-7, but the Niners get the lead back before the half. Brock Purdy going for all of it, and he's got it. Debo Samuel, man, one of the best in the league. 54-yard touchdown, 14-10 Niners at the half. Third quarter, Niners now up 21-10, but Locke will find tight end. Colby Parkinson over the middle. Parkinson not going to be denied. Bowls his way in for the TD. but early fourth, the Niners answer with their star tight end, George Kittle. He gets ahead of steam, and uh, maybe you don't want to tackle that. He is going fast. 44 yards, San Fran back up by 12-28-16. Seahawks? Well, they're frustrated. It gets nasty late. DK Metcalf getting into it with Fred Warner, who kind of started it with that shot. That was after a Niners interception on fourth down. Both guys were tossed. San Francisco win at 28-16. They're 10-3. Hawks drop to 6-7. They're out of the playoffs as of now. One more NFL game. Bills and Chiefs. This one came down to the wire. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs down three, but completes the pass to Travis Kelsey, who then... Throws the perfect lateral to Kadarius Toney, who takes it in for the touchdown. But upon further review, Tony lined up offside on the play. It wipes out the touchdown, and KC loses the game 2017, and Patrick Mahomes loses it on the sideline. Did not like the call, but KC falls. Big win for the Bills. The Canucks' stars have certainly led the way this season, and each of them has taken turns carrying the team. Elias Petterson had been quiet the past few weeks, perhaps favoring a wrist injury, but he had great jump last night against the Hurricanes. He had three points, including the game-winning goal and what's becoming his patented wraparound. Mikheyev takes the puck off the end boards.
6: In behind for Elias Pettersson. Wraparound! Right he scores! The Canucks win back-to-back games for the first time in a few weeks.
4: It's about us being comfortable being in Leeds
11: and not uh, and continue playing uh, and not, uh, how do you say, sit back and let them just run, run over us. And I think that's a strength for
4: us this year. Uh, obviously, I think there's still things we can be
10: better at, uh, but overall, I'm very happy. That fast hockey and everybody playing, the same way, and we're we're still striving for that. Um, and tonight was another chip, you know, another chipping chipping away at it again.
4: Canucks are home to Tampa Tuesday. Earlier today, Connor McDavid and the de- taking on the Devils. 18 points in his last six games. Big hit there by Darnell Nurse on Dawson Mercer set the tone. Oilers up one nothing in the second. Evan Bouchard. One of the hardest shots in the league, 99 miles per hour on the Boosh bomb, as they call it, his eighth 2-0 Edmonton. Third period, Oilers jump in, Devil goalie Akira Schmid gets caught behind the net, Evander Kane to McTavid for one of the easiest goals. He'll score his 10th. 3-0 Oilers. Devils cut it to 3-1, had a great chance to get another, but Calvin Pickard starting in goal for Edmonton, robs Jack Hughes. Pickard gets his first win as an Oiler and first in nearly two years in the NHL 4-1 final. Edmonton's won seven straight. They're back to 500. They're 12-12 and one. Final round of the Grant Thornton mixed team competition in Florida. One LPGA player, one PGA player. Corey Connors and Brooke Henderson forming a Team Canada. This will jumpstart your round. Ninth hole, Connors' second shot on the par four from the fairway. No putter required. That's an eagle. That got them right in contention for the win. And then Brooke from the bunker. That's beautifully done. Led to another birdie. Connors and Henderson post 24-under. Meanwhile, Abbotsford's Nick Taylor playing with China's Ruining Yin. Nick, just short for birdie at 18. They finished eighth in the field of 16 at 21 under. Lydia Ko and her partner Jason Day playing the 17th. Tied for the lead with Connors and Henderson, but Ko hits a fantastic fairway medal from 208 yards out. Lands it about 15 feet for Eagle. She would make a two-putt birdie, and Lydia Ko and Jason Day win the Grant Thornton Invitational by a shot over the Canadians. They split a million dollars first prize. Well, doing a basketball story in B.C. on a guy named Nash usually means Steve Nash. Well, that is not the case tonight, although Steve definitely has inspired the journey of Nash Seminuk, a Kelowna high schooler who's also making a name for himself on the basketball court. The words Nash and basketball fit quite nicely together, especially in Canada. This is 17 year old Nash Seminuk, Star Point Guard at Kelowna Secondary. He is one of the most talented high school players in the province. And yes, he was named after that other Nash. You know, NBA superstar and Hall of Famer Steve. It's a cool backstory. Darren Semenuk played one year of summer basketball with Steve Nash back when they were teenagers and obviously made an impression. Darren's son was born in 2006, the same year Steve Nash was collecting his second straight MVP award.
9: Actually, I didn't know that I was named after Steve Nash until I actually asked at like 13 because I didn't know who he was. And then my dad showed me highlights of him passing and stuff. And actually, he's my favorite player. It's nice to know that my dad was thinking that he wanted me to be kind of like him. So, and I have someone to look up to when I, when I want to play ba- basketball.
4: Not a bad player to emulate, and you can see the similarities in their game. These
9: two Nashes. Like he's only six-two, and he's he not too athletic. Like he's not jumping really high and stuff like that. He's just he's playing like actual basketball with his teammates. And I feel like I am kind of like that. Like I can't jump, I can't jump and dunk with all those other guys, but I can pass and I can do other stuff like that.
4: And he also shares Steve Nash's multi-sport talents. Steve was, and still is, skilled at soccer and tennis. Nash Semenuk just helped his high school win the Provincial 4A Volleyball Championships last week. Volleyball has helped me a lot with basketball too.
9: Like my mentality and if I get blocked in volleyball, I got to stay strong and like do it again and try and hit harder. In basketball I just keep my like mentality good and it just helps in both sports.
4: Steve Nash is fifth on the NBA's all-time assist list. Being the ultimate team guy, that's a trait Nash Semenuk takes pride in the most.
6: I think Nash is a great teammate, and he cares. A lot of guys don't care. He actually cares about his teammates. He's not selfish in any way, and that rubs off on the guys. Great team guy, loves to laugh, smile. Who doesn't want a kid smiling all the time? What's wrong with that? I think sometimes people are too serious, so there's a time to be serious but there's a time to smile and just enjoy life and I think Nash is someone that enjoys life a lot.
4: He would enjoy life even more if he could end his high school career with the Provincial Championship, something Steve Nash did back in 1992. It's like, it's what I want right
9: now, just only what I want, just to have the trophy and have a banner on that wall.
4: Now, Nash Semenuk has never met Steve Nash in person. His dad has common friends with Steve Nash. So uh, young Semenuk is hopeful that he can meet his idol one day. Until then, he'll try to win that provincial championship. And then he's off to the University of Alberta next year, the same school his dad played at, at and he met his mom, which, of course, led to him. So keeping it all in the family there and i have to say after watching that story i think he's got the nash mop as well he does having a good hairstyle yeah. while you're uh, playing on the court is good so keep an eye on nash seminar that's a yeah. name to watch
1: out for keep that mop going and <laughs> steve nash if you're out there watching us tonight yeah, that's right make it happen. make let's, contact uh,
4: make contact We yeah. would love to meet you
1: let's get in touch <laughs> that's such a cool story all Right. Thanks. thanks a lot perry uh, we'll take a break now, but if you like holiday events and dogs and costumes, and Barry, I know you do, <laughs> you've got a story you want to see. Stay with us.
4: Who doesn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah hitting all the boxes. This is BC, is brought to you by Johnston Meyer Insurance Agency's group. 50 years of trust in your community.
1: This weekend's No Regrets High School Basketball Tournament is in honour of Quinn Keast, who was killed on his grad night in 2006. A foundation in his name provides scholarships and new courts in the Lower Mainland, as well as equipment for children in South Africa. Here's Jay Durant with This is BC. A new season of high school basketball has former
7: teammates remembering their friend, Quinn Keast, who starred for Handsworth his senior year. Obviously
9: incredibly skilled, but he also had this innate ability to do all of the intangible things really well and that was kind of the person that he was both on and off the court that made him uh, really really special.
7: A promising future cut short on graduation night 2006.
12: Quinn was traveling from um, his grad to the after grad event um, when he was struck by a public transit bus.
7: Later that year, Quinn's twin sister helped set up a foundation in her brother's name.
12: It was our way of like keeping his presence still here, even though we had lost him.
7: Over the years, the foundation has provided scholarships to local high school players, funded the construction of a number of courts featuring the letter Q around the Lower Mainland, and in partnership with Hoops for Hope, delivered much-needed equipment and sneakers to children in South Africa.
12: A lot of them came with no shoes on, so um, it it was pretty cool to see their reaction. They were very excited, almost like in disbelief.
7: Now in its eighth year, the No Regrets Tournament continues in Quinn's memory.
9: No Regrets comes up often when you you think about Quinn. That's really how he lived his life, which was a powerful thing for a young kid, an 18-year-old.
2: He was...
12: The kind of person that would um, like see a kid in the stands alone at a basketball game or at a practice and go invite them to play
7: part of a legacy that lives on through a foundation that has provided many opportunities for young basketball stars it would
9: amaze him of all the things that we've been able to do with his name behind all of it and him really as the inspiration for all of us
12: he was a fairly humble guy but i think um the fact that we've been able to do all this that we have and I hope you will be proud.
7: Jay Durant, Global News.
1: If you know someone who has a great story to tell or something unique to BC that people need to know about, email your ideas to jay at at thisisbcglobalnews.ca. The holiday season is upon us, and our furry friends are also getting into the spirit. Oh,
2: Papa. 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 Papa.
1: Despite the wet weather, the second annual Steveston Holiday Dog Parade took place this afternoon on the Steveston Boardwalk. The event saw owners dress their pets up in their best festive outfits, such as Santa suits and even Christmas trees.
2: Last year we did it and it had an awesome following and awesome interest, so we thought let's
8: pump it up a bit more this year. So we've got DJ happening, a balloon arch, there's a lot more people out despite the rain, so yeah awesome a great event for the pups and their pup owners
1: the big man himself even made an appearance as dogs lined up and patiently waited to get their picture taken with santa with some not being able to contain their excitement that's great they all asked for the same thing doggy treats doggy treats they love treats that was uh, number one <laughs> on the list it was raining but no raid on that parade you you can't it's hard to not have a good time when you've got dogs and dogs dressed up. I've never understood the uh, slogan gone to the dogs. I love the dogs. Let's have right? everything go to I the mean
4: dogs. our cast goes to the dogs every night if that's <laughs> the case.
1: <laughs> that's it for us tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great night. Good night.